Okay, so thank you for checking out this episode of the Boostly podcast. My name is Liam Carolan. I'm the co-host of the mini-series where we go behind the host and dive into somebody else's hospitality business. Uh, the main reason is so you can leverage the, their knowledge, implement some of the tactics that they have done, and uh, just learn things you may not have known before jumping into today's show. So today we're joined by a host who specializes in service accommodation in the UK, I'm going to introduce uh, Dave Goodfellow, and uh, he he really is uh, he's from Loki Stays, and he really needs no introduction for those who may already know him. Knows that he's um, you, you may be familiar with him because one of the top names on Clubhouse for his We Talk property. He's frequently sharing tips. Um, he's shared loads on social media, and in general, I feel quite lucky to have said that I've known Dave for a few years, and uh, you know I've learned a lot from him. So I'm sure you guys today are going to get a lot of great tips and knowledge from him for the next sort of thirty minutes. So settle in and uh yeah let's go behind the host with dave to uh leverage his his knowledge and uh learn his story so welcome along dave well one introduction and <laughs> couldn't live up to that now so thank you liam no worries well, i'm so i'm so glad that um i'm able to come on and, and share and you know catch up with you it's been a, it's been a while it has i mean i'm genuinely as we said just before we went live i'm excited first of all to to speak to you again and also i know uh that people listening will you share so much knowledge in general that that there's going to be a lot of learnings in today's episode. So, really, no if, pressure. No, yeah, no pressure, no pressure at all. <laughs> hey, after a little while, I, I always forget the camera or the the microphone's even on after a little while and just just chat. But yeah, so first of all, Dave, if you can share your background, what did you do? Let's just go back to before you got into hospitality. What was your background? What was your career? And then going a little bit forward, how did you start in hospitality? Okay, yeah, great question. So um, I started my career as a, in a home improvements company, and I spent a lot of time there. So I worked for them for around about 15 years, started at the bottom, um, booking service engineers on you know broken handles and stuff like that, and then kind of worked my way up to um, a director level. Went through like a management training program, worked in every part of the business, yeah, just full on. I stayed with one company for 15 years, moved away for a couple of years to a, a really high-end shutter business, which we did like security shutters for the MOD, for billionaires and, you know, Russian billionaires in London and all that sort of stuff. That was that was an interesting nice. time. And then I went back to Everest for a couple of years and then kind of got into, got into serviced accommodation after that. But how did I get in? How did I kind of get into this? Well, I've always, from a from a young from a, say from a young age, from working in a career where I was doing like project management and managing installation teams and stuff like that. I used to buy property, do called it flip. Well, they call flips. So you buy a property, re renovate it, do the B BRR buy refurbish refinance model, or sell it. So flip was selling it. BR BRR was buy refurbish refinance. And I did that for a number of years, but I did it as like a side hustle. Didn't really know it was called flipping or buy, refurbish, refinance. And then my my kind of other half, her her family business was in hotels. And they've got a, a large hotel business that they've been running for about 30 years. Um, but I wanted something that was kind of wanted to, was going to bridge the gap. So I wanted, I liked the property stuff because I was interested in property. Mm -hmm. I liked the hotel stuff, but I wanted something in the middle without all the sort of operational headache around the pub and the food and all that sort of stuff and I also wanted to get out of um my my day-to-day -day. 
and I wanted to get into a place where I was running my own business. So yeah, kind of, that kind of gives, gives the back gives the background. I started about eleven years, twelve years ago now in property doing flips, and then four years ago I started my short term rental business. Awesome. So the short term rental uh, business. How did uh, first of all, if you let people know whereabouts in the world and uh, the name of your business, how many units you kind of started with, and what your business looks like as as we talk today in in two thousand twenty two? Yeah, so um, my business is called Noki Stays now. Um, that's been a recent changeover, rebranding this year, and um, I'll tell you about that a bit later. I suppose you can ask a few more questions around why we did that. Definitely diving um, into that. <laughs> so how did I start my STR business? Well, I had a buy-to-let portfolio and the anti-landlord taxes were just becoming crazy. Um, you know, I had a had a tenant in one of my properties in Chester, a little Roman Roman city uh, up in the north. And I couldn't get her, she stopped paying, I couldn't get her out. And I got to the point where I was like, what, what, what am I doing, you know? How can you have a person in your property that's not paying you and you can't get them out of your property? It's illegal to, to remove them from the property. So I thought, right, well, how can I go down a different route where I can still be in property but have a lot more control over what I'm doing? So my three-bedroom townhouse, which, which was in the centre of Chester, it was kind of perfect for serviced accommodation, thinking about what I know now, but back then it was kind of a bit of a, it wasn't kind of a punt, it was a massive punt for me. Mm -hmm. I put it into serviced accommodation within the first month. It done three and a half thousand pounds in revenue, which I thought was good. And I had a management company managing it for me. Now that property is doing about four and a half thousand pounds a month and it nets me between 1,500 and two grand a month. But back then, three and a half grand a month was like, wow, where where's this come from? So... I put that into serviced accommodation in the first in November 2018. And I thought, right, I'll go out and buy another one. This is this is a great strategy. So I went out and bought another property um, in Chester, which was a it was a three-bedroom masonette that I was gonna like changing, I was gonna change into a four-bedroom masonette. But that took time to kind of build out, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, if I want to get out of my job, I'm gonna have to do things a bit quicker here than the buying house is doing them up because it's going to take between, you know, four to six months to do what I wanted to do with the properties and and then and then start start them cash flowing. So I then got into rent to rent or rental arbitrage is what they call it in the States, right? For all those American listeners. <laughs> there is a few. As, as we should have clarified serviced accommodation yeah. is just short term rental short -term effectively. Rentals, yeah. 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 So then I started uh looking into rent to rents and that was a lot quicker. So in the January, we took on a couple of rent to rents in the January, and then it just started snowballing. First year, we did about, I think it was 13 rent to rents in the first year. Um, and we bought a couple of properties as well. And over the last sort of four years, we've grown our, we've grown our um, rent to rent portfolio. We've grown our serviced management portfolio. So we manage other people's properties for them as well and just take the cut of the gross revenue. And we've grown that over the last years to around about 50, 50 properties that are open now. Um, and I've got uh, an apart hotel that we're building out at the moment as well in uh, Santino, which is 11 apartments. Um, and we've got a load of stuff coming up next year. So alongside that, we've got a buy-to-let and HMO lettings agency. Um, again, that's got around 150 properties in that at the moment. 
So with property-wise, we're on about 200. The reason why we did that was because we were getting a lot of inquiries coming from the short-term rental business that didn't work as serviced accommodation or short-term rental. Um, and we just had another decided that, you know, we were letting all this business go. What could we do? Well, well, we could set up a letting agency and have a multifaceted kind of property business that covers everything. And do you know what? That's inspiring, especially for myself to hear who, who does short-term rental here in the UK, because you're absolutely right. Just seeing the opportunities that come in that we're having to say, hey, that's not quite right. We actually have more of that conversation now than, than you know, hey, this per- property is perfect. You know, often it is not perfect, but it could be good for, like you say, HMO or, or, or absolutely fine as a buyer to let. And at the moment, it is just saying, no, thank you. Whereas for yourself, now you can pass over that, you know, that opportunity to the other side of the business, to the HMO or to the, to the buy to let. And one of the, one of the things that we tend to focus on now is, you know, like, like see your portfolio landlords that maybe have got buy to lets that are not quite making any money now because of the anti-landlord taxes, because of the, you know, the increase in interest rates and all that sort of stuff. Um, we can take a portfolio landlord and go, right, well, let us have a look at your portfolio. We'll work out what is best for service accommodation, what is best for HMO and what you should leave on a buy to let. And we can take all that on, in under one under one roof now, if you like. Excuse the pun. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's such an opportunity. But going back just a, a step. So, you know, first of all, congratulations. It's, it's such a, a growth, a journey and one which I've I've been pleased to to see as well on the on the sidelines. That sounds like one of the wow moments was when you first made that three and a half thousand pounds on the first short term rental. Mm-hmm. Has there been other wow moments along the way? Has there been bits that you could look back and for the people who are, are tuning in and listening where you could go, do you know what? I'm glad I made that decision then. And there's a few other of those type of decisions. Is there, has there been a few oh, pivotal moments, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, pivotal moments where, you know, if I look back what we did and how we operated at that time, and the, the main one was around COVID. Mm-hmm. So um, I suppose from, from the, the short-term rental service accommodation business aspect, um, the, the time when, you know, Boris Johnson came on and he was like, we've got to close, no business traveling, no leisure traveling, no. And we were like, well, that's all of our business. What are we going to do? Yeah. And I was determined at that time. I was like, right. I said, I said to my business partner at the time, I said, this is not going to beat us. We're going to, I'm going to find a way of making sure that we fill all of our properties and, and um, do something different. So we did, and we just had to look at different avenues. So I went to the NHS and got a contract with the NHS to fill all of our properties with doctors, nurses, because they were over, they were overspilling, right? Um, same with key workers; they still were able to travel. So we were getting people from like power stations and whatnot filling our properties. And when everybody was handing their keys back, we were like, I was on social media, like, no, if you've got a property and you can't fill it, come to us. I'll take the properties off you. So the pivotal moment for me was definitely in COVID and kind of making sure that I had that um, that drive and the not giving up mentality, I suppose. So that was the biggest pivotal moment for me. That is, I mean, that was awesome. I remember at the time you you reaching out, you had, you literally were needing more stock when everyone else was needing less stock, weren't they? So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. And when it comes down to the the actionable kind of things that you've done, so if somebody was listening to this and just going, well, is there certain 
traits or skills that you used transferable from your previous career, from your previous role that has transferred into what you do now? Would you be able to share some of those that you think has been really helped along the way? I think any any business you work in, in, in my opinion, you may you may disagree with me, that the business principles are all the same. It's just a different product or a different name above the door. So whatever it is that you're working on um, within a business, and you'll have certain KPIs that apply to that business. But the main thing really is about the people. Um, so you can have any business in the world if the people aren't right inputting into that. And I use this phrase, you put shit in, you get shit out, right? Mm. If you've got the right people, you've got the right team around you, and you've got the right feed in at the, the front end, you're going to get the good feed out of the back end. Does mm-hmm. that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah, that does. That's, so um... For me, in, in any business that I've ever worked in, it's always been about the, re- the recruiting, the person, the training, and the development of whoever you've got around you to build that business. And I think from my Everest days, that's the home improvement company that I worked for. Um, they were very hot on sort of getting young talent or new talent, training them, and giving them a, f- a fantastic training program and getting them into a position where they could be the best person that they want, that they could be for that business. And I think that's come from my previous, previous work. Love that. Absolutely love it. And is there actionable advice around what you could share as to, how how do you go out and get your bookings for for no key stays? What is what channels do you use? How do you how do you market towards guests? Yeah, so it's a well, so it's a multitude of things really. I wouldn't say it's kind of one thing fits all. Um, we obviously use the the OTAs, which is a, a bit of a, a a sore subject for a lot of people. But I think in essence, when, especially when you first start in your OTA your your serviced accommodation or short term rental business, the OTAs are your best friend. Um, you know, they're going to fill your property for you. They're going to market your property for you. They're going to do everything that you that you um, that you want, really, to get you started. But as you grow your business, we all know, and I'm, you guys at Boostly as well kind of advocate this. If you're you're building a business on somebody else's foundations, you haven't got a business. So you've then got to implement, you know, your direct booking strategies and your your socials and your SEO and everything that goes with that to get direct bookings now one tip that i'd give 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 to people is let it, it, when you start in a business when you're starting use the otas to get your foot in the door and then just speak to your customer who's at your property speak to them ask them very simple questions you know are you, we, we always do what we call a mid-stay call so they stay one night next morning or the next sort of day they get a call off of one of our virtual assistants or one of our rooms managers and they'll ask them, you know, make sure they're happy with the product, happy with the place. And then we'll just ask them a simple question. Are you returning next week? Mm-hmm. They are returning off from a discount. Our OTA, the way that we have our, our listing set up is they're more expensive on the OTAs than they are on our direct booking website. We offer them a discount to come back to us. And we always, if they're coming back, turn an OTA customer into our own customer. And that's the big, probably the biggest way to get direct bookings, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And, you know, it's, it's a great tip, isn't it? Just reaching out to, to your existing people to be able to form that connection and, and relationship is so important. One, one, one last tip I give to somebody, five words I always, we, we always use. Hope is five words, and I've thought about it. <laughs> you know anyone else. Speak to them 
who is in your property, if you've got contractors and business people, do you know anyone else? Love it. Do, Love it. They're going to tell you and they might um, have somebody else that can come and stay at your property. It's, and it's such a simple process. It's it's so important, isn't it? Because these, these people are often, especially if they're working, working on site with somebody else who's literally the, the next, uh, you know, that might be first fix, second fix is coming, you know, and of course, they're often this, the same groups. So they'll they'll tend to know someone. So yeah, it's a really, really good tip. One of the, I made one phone call because I was doing all the phone calls back then. I didn't have the, the, I didn't have the team. I couldn't afford the team around me during COVID, to be honest. And I made one phone call doing that, and I booked seven of our properties from one contractor. Yeah, it was like thirty grand's worth of bookings or something silly, and it was just from just from asking that one question. Well, one of the things I always say to people is, there's always somebody looking for property in your area. You know, the demand doesn't it, it never flatlines. There's always a level of demand. It's just finding where then people are and who needs your property. And that sounds as though that's exactly what you've done during covid and also weekly with people like you're always finding your next point of demand by 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 reaching out to people which is which is cool so one of the things which strikes me david with 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 yourself david is that you've kind of gone on this journey of you know like you say from employed to then doing uh rent to rent uh rental arbitrage to then then you know converting some of the buy to lets and you're always very uh, forward thinking with the next um, the next opportunity. So I've got two questions uh, off the back of that. One is, when would you advise for, for people listening? When should you start considering using those, um, you know, alternative methods? Like you say, you now got HMO as, as, as an option. Is it something that somebody really early on should start to map that out? Or is it as the opportunities come along? And then the second part of that question is, are there any opportunities at the moment which most people aren't thinking about that you think are, uh, you know, something that you think people should be thinking about? Wow, that's a big question. Let me hit the first, <laughs> let me hit the first one first. So I'm going to use the D word here, and that is it depends. Right, so it depends. It depends what your biz, what, what, you, what your end goal is, okay? What you want your business to be. For us, we're just about diversifying and, and getting ourselves into a position where we're not reliant on one particular business. We want multiple businesses that can that we can diversify in. So if we have a you know a change in the economic climate or something happens, we've got you know a number of different moving parts that we can move on to. And it's just it's just about diversifying. One thing I will say in terms of your your, your systems and the systemization in a business, and again. Businesses, in my humble opinion, um, it's not my humble opinion, it's loads of people's opinion. I used to work with like really high-end um, consultants on this stuff in, in the home improvements business. Every every business or every pro- process in, every process in a business has like a stage step-by-step process. Okay. It's really important that you get those processes in place at the beginning and get the systems to kind of uh, follow up on that and most businesses will follow a very similar path we just have slight adjustments in those in in those processes so for for example our serviced accommodation business has a step-by-step process and systemized approach to going from you know your lead all the way up to your customer going out and then the aftercare and the follow-up marketing that goes behind that it's exactly the same for hmo it's exactly the same for a buy-to-let business um with some slightly slight different tweaks rather than having you know people coming through all the time you'll have a tenancy for six months mm-hmm. but it's the same process so going from a serviced accommodation business and having that process all 
kind of lined up, then putting that into a buy to let and HMO business, it's a whole different ball game when you go from doing that very complicated service accommodation or STR strategy back to a buy to let. And it's game changing for, you know, letting agencies. I'm sure. Did I answer the question there? I'm not quite sure I did. Yeah, yeah, no, you did. In terms of every business, you know, when should you consider? Well, it depends, but it's just being conscious of the, you know, the format of most businesses, you know, which is, your, you know, where are your leads coming from? Where are your conversions? Where is your delivery? And, and that side of things. So that's really cool. You mentioned there, you know, it's important to have systems and tech. And this is one thing, whenever I think of yourself, Dave, I always think, you know, awesome tech systems. You You, you, you really put a lot of emphasis on that. Would you be able to share what tech you use within your business or what your uh, short-term stay business uses? And uh, are there any bits which really has, you know, revolutionized the business? Yeah, so we're just going through a bit of a transformation at the moment, actually. Um, we, we did used to use um, Trello um, for a lot of the, the sort of stage-by-stage processing. We've, we've changed now and we're using something called monday.com. Mm-hmm. And um, you know Harry, don't you, Harry? I know Harry, yeah. yeah. So he was a mentee of ours. He went through the process and we quite quickly found out that he was better at the kind of systemizing stuff and doing the the bits than we were. So I've got him under my wing now. He's now a business partner of mine. And he's building out a complete process for our whole business, both the lettings, the HMOs and the, um, the SA business on monday.com. So nice. got a really good setup for all of it. I mean, it's quite... You've got to customize it all and you've got to have somebody who's very tech minded to be able to do that. Um, but we also integrate things like Slack. Um, you, I'm sure you use that. We use Uplisting as our channel manager. He's a great channel manager. Vinny is Vinny's fantastic. Vinny Breslin. Oh, probably missing half the stuff now. Um, what else do we use? Slack. You, so you want your communication tool for all you for all your people. You want your channel manager for your bookings. Um, and then monday.com is just like a CRM or a store for everything else that goes on in your business. And it's great for project managing. It's it's great for even things like linen, doing your linen counts. And it's got everything in there. HR has everything. That, um, like you say, that you've got the main ones covered there, but a lot of people don't put enough emphasis onto that organizational tool, especially as, as they grow, do they? So it's one of the things which I've found you know, when you're starting off, you don't even need necessarily a PMS. You can use the OTAs and that. But as, as you grow, you get PMS. And then as you get a bit bigger, sometimes that PMS doesn't have some of the day-to-day organizational stuff, yeah. you know, around the cleaners or or even around the, hey, I want to make sure I've built out this this funnel or this communication or this task within in the work. And so having that uh, monday.com, it sounds as though that's what it it does and you use trello in the past was um... absolutely right i mean with the with as as you grow when you get bigger there's there's things that start creaking so we used to use um to keep when you got to about 30 properties it started creaking a little bit and but it also had some really good tools that that we didn't get with uplisting that uplisting are working on now actually um, but then we've implemented other things like Clipfolio in the background, which is another great KPI tool, which we don't use now because we're using Monday instead. But it's, it, I suppose it's kind of, you've got to continuously be thinking about, right, well, what's what's coming next? What have we got coming up in the future? How can we now build the next stage of our system? What do we need to change? And it, you continuously on a, you continuously on top of those, that systemization stuff and making sure that everything works for you. Use MailChimp as well. That's another one that we use. 
Yeah, we Mailchimp is great, isn't it, for for retargeting and remarketing uh, to to guests on the CRM format. But the um, I, I think it's so important that the point that you've just made of as as you grow, what you need now, you build, and you might need to dismantle certain parts of it to grow. And you mentioned that you're going through kind of a bit of a change at the moment, and I guess part of that is is you recently rebranded. Can you talk us through why the rebrand and what the what the aim and the the result is going to be? Yeah, so, well, a couple of reasons for the rebrand, really. main reason was that um, we had a business called Copper House Mm -hmm. and um, somebody else trademarked it. (laughs) (laughs) In the background, they started after us, they trademarked their Copper House and um, we thought it was a bit of a risk carrying on doing, using that. Um, So we rebranded to what we feel now is a much more fitting brand to our business culture and our customer and all that sort of stuff. And we've rebranded to Noki, um, N-O-K-I. Now, you'll, you'll probably know our, our, my actual business behind everything that we do is called Iconic Service Accommodation, I-K-O-N-I-C. Now, my, my, the guy, one of my business partners as a marketer, he went through this massive branding exercise and we all sat in a room for a day and went through all these different things. And we were trying to come up for, with a name and uh, he, he, he killed, he killed, I killed it, and he he hates me for it. So I was just like, "Well, what's no, what's iconic backwards?" And we come up with Sinoki, which was like, well, "Let's put Sinoki in in um in Google," and it came up as like this beach on in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. But it was a shithole. It, <laughs> it was a horrendous beach. So we can't call it that. So what's Noki? What does that kind of say? So we went in, and Noki is a Japanese word for an eaves on a house. Oh, nice. It was quite a fi- quite fitting. Um, and no key as well. It's kind of like, well, a lot of our new apart hotels and stuff, like keyless entry, all that sort of stuff. And it seemed like it just felt right. And the Japanese culture as well, calm, serenity, very clean. T- and it all kind of just fell in place. Um, but it was just iconic backwards. Nice. So, so I'm glad we got the story behind it because I, I did wonder. I saw it spring up on social media, and uh, yeah, I did wonder. I, I love how it is more modern, and instantly to my mind, I thought you're going to say it's because we don't use keys anymore. It's no key, you know, that side of things. But I, I kind of just fell in place as well. Yeah. It's all luck rather than judgment, I suppose. What one of the um, things which I've always noticed is is you know your journey on social media, and uh, you've always shared. I mean, I can remember you know for for last few years and for anybody who goes check you out there's there's videos which go back where you're walking your dog and you're sharing the challenge from that that stage like years ago and that side of things how important has um social media been towards your journey oh massively important i mean the social media like facebook and instagram and stuff like that has has its value uh, the most value social media that i do those being um clubhouse and the the we talk property club that we have uh, from the, the property coffee meet we started that a couple of years ago and the the kind of the people that i've networked with the people that i've met and the people that i do business with today has just been absolutely massive from that it's helped me grow like the, the people that i would never have normally met you know because being up in chester we never you, you know, you can go to networking events and stuff like that, but being able to be on a platform where you can speak to somebody there and then and ask them a question and get a really good answer for it has been massive. And then the networking that goes on outside of that as well, 
that has been the, the one of the well, call it a pivotal moment, if you like. Um, and that's been the biggest thing for me in the last yeah, couple of years has been able to network with those people and share on social media my journey, but then also take on board from other people that are miles ahead of me um, what they're doing as well and implement that. That, that really does show because like you say, Ian, one of the one of the people we uh, we look up to saying the network is is your net worth. And that is one of the things which is just so true that having the right people around you. Yeah. If uh, for the people who what why should somebody listening consider doing either mentorship training or getting involved in, in these networks where where you have the opportunity to do so? So what? So look, this is a really simple answer getting educated or networking with people that have been where you have been before. Sorry, been where you've been before. That's the wrong saying. Um, Being with people that are in the place that you would like to be in the future, where else can you get that where you're just going to ask them a question they're going to know instantly and tell you? So I have this saying that you can either pay for your education and get where you want to be and do it in a really streamlined fashion and get there quicker, or you can pay for your education through mistakes. Because one way or the other, you're going to pay for it. But for me, I would much prefer to have that laser focused and get there in a streamlined way rather than making all the mistakes and whatever. Let somebody else do that. Pay somebody else to teach you and you will grow so much quicker. And it opens your mind as well to different aspects. You know What you think is possible when you start speaking to other people, like it goes so much further. And then when you get to that, you get to a certain stack or the bubble, you get to this certain size, the bubble bursts and you go, what's all this little space out here? Then it happens again and again and again. And we were talking about it before we started, right? If I'd have asked you, you know, two years ago, Liam, where you're at now, you'd have been well over the moon with that, right? But now you're there, you're like, oh, what else can I do? Yeah. It's, it's the classic, um, I think Steve Jobs said, it's easy looking back. You can see those steps, but looking forward, it's never very clear, is it? And exactly like we were saying beforehand, you're kind of seeing the path of the next couple of years of where where the journey, entrepreneurial journey is going to take you in short-term rental and, and otherwise. It's not easy going looking forward, but the same should happen again. And is there anything on, on that note then, is there anything, if you could go back, classic question, if you could go back, what would you is there any advice you'd give yourself or anything you'd change um, if you could go back? Yeah, 100%. I'd, the, the advice I'd give to myself is get started earlier mm-hmm. in short-term rentals or property. Just start earlier, but get educated a lot earlier as well. I'd have been a lot further ahead than I am now. Not that, not that I'm unhappy where I am. I'm, I feel blessed from what I've got and where I've, where I've come from. Um, but I could have been a lot further ahead if I'd have done it earlier. And got educated at the same time and, and, and rub shoulders with those people that you know that are going to help you do that it's great advice and uh, dave there's so much more that if if we had time that i'd love to dive into the apartment hotel you mentioned earlier on there, there's so many opportunities and, and things um but you know as, as we come towards the end of these we love to do a couple of quick fire questions just for fun just to find out a bit more about you so the answer can be short as long as you like and then we'll let everybody know how they can get in touch with you as well so quick fire questions then so um how do you spend your leisure time? What's your hobby? Oh, wow. Leisure time. So I like to ski when the opportunity arises. So I ski. One of the biggest things I do is just binge on 
Netflix series or Disney stuff. And I'm 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 a sucker for it. So Star Wars, um, God, any anything, uh, Marvel, all that sort of stuff. I can just I can sometimes just sit of a weekend and just binge for hours and hours and hours. And I think it sounds like a really shit hobby. <laughs> it works for me. It helps me switch off. I like to spend a lot of time with my family as well, my little girl and my um, my fiance. That's massive for me, making sure the family time is is planned in every week. Hey, I love that. And that's, do you know what? It's, we shouldn't feel guilty about the stuff we enjoy at the end of the day. If you enjoy, I mean, I I love Netflix. Uh, just a quick follow up to that. What is what's the thing you're watching at the moment? What should everyone go and check out? What am I watching at the moment? Um, I'm into the new Andor series, the Star Wars. So the nice. Star Wars do all those little mini series. Have you mm-hmm. seen them? Like the so you had uh, the Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and now it's Andor, which is kind of like before the rebellions, just before the rebellion started, started and all that sort of stuff. Really sad. I absolutely love it. I don't care. People I'm gonna I, I watched the first episode of that last night, so I am gonna binge that this weekend. So I'm right there with you. It takes a bit of time to to get into it. I, I watched the first couple of series and I, uh, sorry, the first couple of episodes. And I found it a little bit slow, but I found that with quite a lot of the um, the Star Wars series. But after you get into like the third, fourth, fifth episode, it starts getting better and better. So yeah, right. stick with it. It's one on the on one on the watch list. Um, what's one thing that you think that everybody should read who's listening? A book or um... right? I got a couple of books right, which have been massive for me, for me personally, and for my businesses. So and I can't pick between the two, so I'm going to give you both of them, and they're both by the same author. The first one is called Rocket Fuel by Gino Wickman. Um, and essentially that's all about visionaries and um, integrators and working out who you are as who you are as a person, um, which is massive for me. And then the second book, and read them in succession, so do Rocket Fuel first and then the next one, is Traction. And that's by Gino Wickman as well. And Traction's got this thing called the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And it helps you plan out the kind of next 10 years and how your business, you know, how to work out, you know, your processes in your business, the type of people you have in them. It's just a fantastic box. And they, they were given to me by Rob Moore when I was doing my um, one-to-one mentoring with him. Do you know, I'm going to, there'll be the downloads on Audible straight after this. And I'm sure many people watching the live or, or listening will will be downloading those too. So Traction and uh, what was the other one? Rocket Fuel? Rocket Fuel. Rocket yeah. Fuel. Gino Wickman, G-I-N-O Wickman. Awesome. Um, what did you want to be growing up? What did I want to be growing up? I wanted to be an accountant, strangely enough. So it's one stupid thing. That's... I used to really enjoy counting money. But I didn't realize that when I had a piggy bank, I used to really enjoy counting money, which obviously isn't what it does. But hey, yes. <laughs> so I thought that, that was what an account that's what I wanted. So I wanted to be an accountant. Um hey, it's it's kind of it's a nice thing to count money. I mean, in general, isn't it? You couldn't think of anything more boring than <laughs> to be honest. But they are. always an interesting one. Um, last two questions. So what celebrity would you love to meet? And then we'll end with our classic, classic question. Ooh. What celebrity would I love to meet? Tom Jones is cool, isn't he? He is. Do you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to see him live in concert a few times. He's, uh, he's got... Think of the stories. He, you're sitting in a room with him. Just, I just, just imagine the stories he'd be able to tell you. Um, I think that's he, a very British answer as well, Tom Jones. You know, that is like, it's great. He's the alive one. The, yeah. the, I suppose a, a celebrity that's dead would be Steve Jobs. I'd love to kind of get into his head. Um, I know he was 
he, he had a lot of regrets on his deathbed, but you know the, the the business brain behind that guy has just been yeah fantastic. So yeah, Tom Jones and Steve Jobs couldn't be <laughs> yeah they're slightly different. There's great answers. Hope you um, might see them. <laughs> and one one way we always love to end the show mm. is is by asking Eva. Well, we asked a couple of different questions, but for yourself, Dave, what mantra do you live by? Okay, so good question. Consistency is key. So consistency is key. It's the boring, mundane things that you do on a regular basis that will help you grow, not the exciting stuff. And along with consistency is key, um, action equals results. You can't have the uh, results without the no matter yeah no matter anything if you're not taking action. So, yeah. what a great way to to bring it to a close, Dave. So, for for people listening, what what's the best way to to get in touch with you if they want to to reach out with you and find out more? Um, so we're across all socials, but um, I've got one link that covers everything, which is which is my link tree uh, link. Um, I don't know if you've got that in the chat or. Um, I've got it here for the people on the podcast. I'll just read it out and then we'll also add it to the show notes. So if you're watching on YouTube or watching the live, we'll add it to, to the comments, which is linktree and that's L I N K T R dot E E forward slash Dave D A V E Goodfellow, which is G O O D F E L L O W. And uh, yeah, you can check out all of his links there, which is, is amazing. So um yeah well i hope everybody who's listening has enjoyed uh this this podcast and for the live um i know you can put your attention in many places so i thank you for, for putting your attention with boostly and checking out all the things that we do for those who want to find out more about boostly you can go and find out more about us at boostly which is b-o-o-s-t-l-y.co.uk david was there any questions or anything uh, you wanted to share anything i missed before we bring it to a close I don't think so. I think we've covered everything there and more. So great interviewing, Liam. Thank um, you. Wouldn't, wouldn't expect anything else from you, buddy. <laughs> and, and listen, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate you giving me the time to come and share my story with all the all on the Boosley podcast, Boosley YouTube, whatever it is. You've got everything, haven't you? So thank all you right. very much. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for spending your time uh, with us. And uh, okay, everyone. Well, that's bye from Dave, and that's uh, bye from me too. So uh, we we'll catch up to you, catch up with you on the next one. Thanks, and uh, bye for now.